Welcome to the Every Voice Now podcast, where we bring voices of color into the spotlight. I'm Myla Kim. And I'm Ed Gilbreth. In every episode, you'll hear from authors of color about the making of their books, as well as the challenges they had to overcome along the way. Welcome, Al Shi, to the Every Voice Now podcast today. How are you, Al? I'm good. Myla, thanks for having me here. Yeah, our regular listeners will probably know that you are a new addition to hosting today. So thank you for being here um, for our conversation with Terry Wildman, the lead translator for the First Nations version of the Bible. Yes, I was honored to serve as the editor for this unique volume of the Bible and to work closely with Terry on it. So I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Al, can you um, give our guests a quick summary of what the First Nations version is? And for our listeners who might not quite know what we are discussing today. The First Nations Version is an indigenous translation of the New Testament in English by Native North Americans for Native North Americans and all English-speaking peoples. And to give people a flavor of it, here is a passage from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is never jealous. It does not brag or boast. It is not puffed up or big-headed. Love does not act in shameful ways, nor does it care only about itself. It is not hot-headed, nor does it keep track of wrongs done to it. Love is not happy with lies and injustice, but truth makes its heart glad. Love keeps walking, even when carrying a heavy load. Love keeps trusting, never loses hope, and stands firm in hard times. The road of love has no end. Well, I love that translation, and I'm excited for this podcast because I loved hearing Terry explain the backstory of this version and even hearing him read some of the translation on this podcast. So let's not delay this any further. Let's jump right into this interview with Terry Wildman. to welcome Terry Wildman to the Every Voice Now podcast today. And we also have Al Shi, IVP's senior editor who worked on the project with Terry, is also here with us today. So welcome to you both. Hello. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. Terry, why don't you start off by telling us your personal backstory? So how do you respond when people ask who you are and what you do? All right. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that my wife and I both live in Maricopa, Arizona right now, on the traditional lands of the Pima and the Tohono O'odham. And so I just want to give that land acknowledgement. I grew up as just a regular guy in Michigan. I didn't grow up in my native heritage. Like a lot of our native people, um, we weren't able to be raised connected to our culture. So as I, I grew up, I, I knew I had Native heritage. I knew we had ancestry because my grandpa would talk about it and my grandma would talk about it. So I had Yaki on my grandma's side and then I had uh, Ojibwe or Anishinaabe on my grandpa's side. And so I was always interested in my, in, in that part of my life, but I was never explored it. So I grew up outside of my native culture. But as an adult, after I came to faith in, in Jesus, I, um, then was felt called to reconnect to that native ancestry and to actually, I felt called to reach uh, our native people with the message of Jesus. And that ethnic journey and ministry journey led you eventually to translate the First Nations version. Can you tell us the origin story of that? How did that come about? 
as I began to learn about my Native heritage and visit places where Native people were, as Creator called me out into the Arizona, New Mexico area, I connected with a, a ministry that up on the Apache Reservation. And, and I was so surprised that there seemed to be very little of the culture in the Native churches on the reservation. It was like the, the only thing Native about them seemed to be that some of them spoke their language. Then we got an invitation to pastor a, a, an American Baptist church on the Hopi Indian Reservation at a mission that was over a hundred years old. It had been founded about a hundred years earlier. And so here I found myself living more uh, closely among a very traditional people. And I felt I had a lot to learn. But one thing I learned as the pastor was that we had a storage room in the, in the fellowship hall. And in the storage room, I opened some, I got curious. I just got Snoopy, you know, what's in here? Because we were reading the NIV Bibles in our churches. And, you know, we used to joke about it, NIV, New Indian Version, because we're so many of the native churches were using the NIV Bible. But uh, what happened was um, I found a box of New Testaments translated into the Hopi language. And I was so excited. I thought, oh man, I wonder how this translation works. I'll get somebody to read it for me. And that was an awakening right there. Because we, I discovered that no one could read it. No one in our church could read it. No one in other churches could read it. I couldn't find anyone. And I discovered later the reason was because in the boarding schools, they never taught us. They taught us English. They didn't teach us how to read these, these translated Bibles. And later we found out that all across Turtle Island, which we called North America, this was true. Most of our native people cannot, don't speak their language, let alone read their language. I talked to a, a traditional or a friend who's a native Navajo, and he told me that probably one to two percent, maybe one percent could actually read the Bible in Navajo. Um, and so, uh, that was kind of the beginning of, wow, you know, this is eye-opening. And so the seeds of an idea that we needed a, a translation in English began to German, you know, be planted, I should say. They weren't germinating yet, but the, it was planted. That's a beautiful beginning. I'm sure we're going to continue to kind of flesh that out throughout this podcast. But I love that story. Thank you, Terry, for even sharing that part with us. This is the first time Every Voice Now is featuring a Bible version on our podcast, and that's because IVP does not often publish Bibles. And so can you give us a little insight of what it was like for you to work with a translation council to produce this version? What was that process like for you? So what happened was uh, the CEO, Wayne Johnson, of this Bible translation contacted us, and we agreed to work together. We did a partnership between this Canadian organization, which is a member of the Wycliffe Global Alliance of Translators. And so we, uh, so they were the ones that really suggested that we put together a council. So we decided on 12, 
12 native people. And because Darlene and I had been traveling for years and years on the road, making relationships all across this uh, Turtle Island, North America, I knew a lot of people. For me, when we got the council involved, um, you know, I had to submit all my work to the council, you know, and we had to work together and figure out how we were going to word things. And because of the fact that there's so many different tribes and so many different uh, tribal cultures, you know, we're, we, we had to figure out some commonalities between all of our tribal people and use some of the more uh, common ways of speaking more traditionally, like the elders might speak where English is their, their second language, and they're speaking in English. So we went through over a hundred, maybe almost 200 key terms, and we decided together, here's how we're going to say those in English. Here's how we're going to translate kingdom. Here's how we're going to translate sin. Here's how we're going to translate priest. Here's how we're still in English, but here's the word choices we're going to use that relate to our native people. And so we're Can you give an example of, 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 oh, of that? Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that's that's happened because of the boarding school experiences and the church involvement in those boarding schools, um, there are some words that trigger a defensive defensiveness for Native people. And those words have to do with, for example, church. So we said, okay, we don't want to use the word church. And besides, does anybody know what the word church means? Where did that word come from anyway? Even in English, does anybody know? C-H-U-R-C-H. It only has meaning because we grew up as believers knowing, you know, that it wasn't the building. It's actually a gathering of people. It's People don't know that regular. And the word church has that, has sort of a colonial uh, uh, baggage attached to that. And so what we, uh, so we used, instead, we decided on a, on a relational term for the, for this ecclesia this gathering or the called out ones we're being called out of the out of the world into a family so we called the church the sacred family creator sacred family and in the back of the of the of the translation we have a glossary of why we, we translated a lot of these very important words so the reality of christian publishing and publishing more broadly is that Native voices are still so underrepresented. Um, and so can you give us your thoughts on maybe how the writing and publishing journey might be different for Native authors? And also, what factors do publishing houses need to understand when they're working with Native authors? You know, uh, that's an amazing question. And I don't even know if I have the answer for you for that. Um, I do know that a lot of Native people have a, have a lot to share and that we've, that our sharing has been undervalued within the body of Christ and our culture has been undervalued. And so I, I, I think what it will take to work with Native people and Native authors is a humility. It, it, it requires the dominant culture to say, we don't know who you are. We are depending on you to tell us who you are, and we're not going to tell you how to do that. 
we're going to let you do it in the way that's most meaningful to you. And that's one thing I appreciated when InterVarsity Press began to decided to publish this. They they assured me that they would not be trying to reword it for us. They would let us do the wording. They they would only look at at you know maybe some sentence structure, any errors, uh, and if they found anything, they would basically just ask questions and let us make the decision. And that's exactly what happened. Well, thank you, Terry. We're going to need to take a quick break. But when we return, Terry will actually do a reading for us, and then we're going to talk more about his translation process. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening to the Every Voice Now podcast. Hi, everyone. Helen Lee here, producer of the Every Voice Now podcast. And I just wanted to stop in to let you know about the All Things Enneagram virtual event on October 23rd. For just $10, you'll get access to a full day packed with spiritual practices for your Enneagram type. You'll also hear live panels with the authors of the Enneagram Daily Reflection Series, a Q&A time with our Enneagram guru, Suzanne Stabile, and a variety of workshops that discuss how the Enneagram intersects with different areas of your life, such as culture, ministry, marriage and family, mental health, and more. You can visit ivpress.com slash allthingsenneagram for more information or to register. But registration closes on October 15th, so don't wait. Register today, and we hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Every Voice Now podcast. I'm Al Shee. It's time for our Behind the Words segment, where Terry will be reading a passage from the First Nations version, and then we'll find out more about what went on behind the scenes of it. Terry, what are you reading for us today, and why did you select it? I'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 through 22. And the reason I've selected Ephesians was, Ephesians was really, uh, has always been one of my favorite books in in the New Testament. And in the beginning, I wondered, is this native way of speaking and storytelling going to fit into a letter that Paul wrote? And I was surprised uh, in one way, how well it translated over to a letter. And it was the first letter that I worked hardest on translating. And it's, it's probably had more TLC than any other book. It makes creator's heart glad to show us the hidden wisdom of his plan for all of creation, now made clear through the chosen one. This is how creator brings all things to completion, He makes all things in the spirit world above and on the earth below come together and find their full meaning and original purpose in the Chosen One. The Chosen One has shared with us all that He has been given. This was Creator's plan that He decided long ago to accomplish. A wise and powerful vision He saw within Himself. Creator is working out all the details fitting everything into his purpose so that we, who are from the tribes of wrestles with Creator, Israel, who have first put our hope in the Chosen One, will bring praise and honor to him. And now, not only we, but all other nations who have heard this truth, the truth of this message, can participate in his plan. This is the good story that sets all people free. When we trusted in the Chosen One, He marked us as His own by giving us His promised Holy Spirit 
He did this to make sure that we, the people he paid a great price for, will receive all that he has planned for us. This brings great praise and honor to him. Ever since I heard of the trust you have in Creator Sets Free, Jesus, and your deep love for all his holy people, I have never stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you when I send my voice to the Great Spirit. I pray that the Father of honor and beauty, who is the Great Spirit of our honored Chief, Creator Sets Free, Jesus, will gift you with a spirit of wisdom to know him deeply and understand his mysterious ways. I am asking him to shine his light into your hearts so you can clearly see the hope he has chosen us for and the beautiful treasure he has in us, his holy people. I pray he will show how much greater his power is for all who put their trust in him. This is the same power he used when he brought the chosen one back to life from the dead and gave him the seat of honor at his right hand. This is a high spiritual place greater than all rulers, authorities, and powers, a place higher and stronger than all names that can be named, not only in this world, but also in the one that is coming. This is how he brought all things, seen and unseen, under his loving power, and made him the elder of his sacred family. This sacred family is his body on earth, made whole, by the one who gives everything and everyone their full meaning and purpose. Amen. And I think it's an added layer having you orally read that to us as well and just even listening to you share it. Um, Terry, would you take us deeper into the experience of translating this portion of the scripture? How long did you spend meditating and understanding Ephesians 1? And how long did this translation take? Well, you know, I, it's hard to put the number of hours I spent on this. I didn't track that time. Part of this was translated while I was on the road traveling, doing ministry. In our off time, I would sit in a coffee house on the computer and I would, I would bring up several translations of the New Testament. Especially, I would bring up a Greek reverse interlinear so I could see the actual Greek words and things like that. And some study guides, I have Logos Bible software. And so I would uh, read some of the ideas that the theologians talk about in the different things. And then from there, I just began to write. And, and what I wrote at first wasn't how it sounded when I got done, eventually, because I would keep honing it and and sharpening it, so to speak, and changing words here and there, changing sentence structure, because I wanted it to sound more like a storyteller would tell it. And I was looking more and more. Sometimes I would have to get on the phone and call a friend, a native friend, and say, hey, I'm working on this part of Ephesians. And I would, I wonder, do you have any ideas about the best way to say it? And I would talk that over with them. And from that conversation, I would, I would work on it. You know, we, we chose different words, chosen one for Christ. Creator sets free for Jesus. That's the meaning of his name with a little bit of a native feel to it. We, we, we show Jesus as being the 
elder of the sacred family, the head. Many the Greek word is for head, but for for native people, the head of a family is the elder of the family, and so to honor the elder of the sacred family, we understand that Jesus would be that one who took that honored place as elder. So those are some of the ideas behind that scripture and and uh, the uh, challenges to. Oh, one of the place was the word throne. In verse, I think it's verse 21, no, verse 19, it says, this is the same power he used when he brought the chosen one back to life from the dead and gave him the seat of honor at his right hand. That's the throne, sat him on the throne or uh, at his right hand. Those are some of the things. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, as as you likely know now, the sales for the First Nations version has been quite strong. Um, I've heard rumors. So, <laughs> you've heard a little bit, right? Um, I would love to know, were you expecting this kind of response? And also, what do you think that means that this version was so well received in the church right now? I'm amazed. I, I really felt along the way, in one way, I'm not, in one way, I'm, I'm not surprised that people like it. But I am surprised at how many people like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that it, that it's, you know, I, I, I hope that it would sell well, especially to get it in the hands of our Native people. You know, but we also, it's not only, from the beginning, non-Native people have, all, have loved this translation. It's been, we've gotten feedback all along the way. And so we began to see that this was not only a gift from us, from our, our small group of translators, native translators, to the native, our native people, but it was also a gift from us, from our native people, this group, to the majority culture. And it's turned out to be that very thing. Many people, uh, as I look at some of the reviews on it, they talk about what a gift this is. How it's opened the scriptures up in new, new ways and fresh ways. And, and I'm reading the whole New Testament again. I can't believe it. People will say, <laughs> I can't put it down. I read wow. till two o'clock in the morning. So wow. it's the, so I, in some ways, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed at how well it's done. Uh, but I didn't expect, you know, to see it on bestseller lists and things like that. It was, it's just surprised me, but, but, but blesses me hugely. Terry, this episode of the podcast is releasing on what is now increasingly known as Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, how have you responded to questions or criticism that does this FNV version speak for all Native peoples or, or what are you trying to do here? Well, one of the things that we wanted to make clear and we want to make clear is that we're not saying we represent all Native people in this translation. And uh, sometimes the way that other articles have been been written, it makes it sound like that. That's what we're doing uh, uh, by us and for us, you know. Um, but really, it's by a a group of native people who are followers of Jesus, Creator sets free, that believe that this was something that would be valuable uh, to do and important to do, and so. We don't pretend to represent all of our native people, but we do know that it was native people who did this. 
and believers in, in Jesus who did this. And we did this with a conviction that this was something that was going to be important. We have Native people that don't like it for different reasons. Some don't like it because they're already satisfied with the translations they have. They've, they've grown up with maybe King James or NIV or whatever it was, and they don't want anything different. They're happy with it. But there's a lot of Native people out there who didn't grow up with those things. And this is opening and giving a new perspective and a new way of hearing this good story. And, and we've actually had testimony uh, in many places with Native InterVarsity, with Crew, and with others that people are coming to faith just from reading this. And so, so if it, if that's all it does, that, that's great. And, and again, when people tell us, you know, you're not representing me in this one, I say, you're right, we aren't. That's okay. But we are representing some Native people in this. Well, we need to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Terry and we'll find out more about his personal writing habits and quirks. You'll also find out how to get a special discount on the First Nations version. So stay tuned and thanks for listening to the Every Voice Now podcast. The world keeps changing at a dizzying pace. How can you stay current and discover biblical truths to meet today's challenges? Introducing Seminary Now a new online, on-demand streaming service where you can learn from gifted teachers such as Brenda Salter McNeil. The world as God intended is a multicultural, multilingual, multi-ethnic, and multinational place. James Chung. What is the gospel? Is it just about where you go when you die? Esau McCulley. When we look at the injustice in the world, we're going to address the perennial issue of slavery. And we're going to talk about the ways in which the Bible was misused to justify the oppression of black and brown people. And there are so many more great teachers to learn from. Get a 20% discount off your subscription by using the code EVN2020 at seminarynow.com. That's EVN2020 at seminarynow.com. The world keeps changing. Don't stop learning. You're listening to the Every Voice Now podcast. I'm Myla Kim, and today we've been talking with Terry Wildman, the lead translator for the First Nations version, which has been recently released. Um, keep listening to find out how you can get a special 40% off discount on this book at ivypress.com. But before we get to that, let's first find out a little bit more about Terry's writing habits and quirks. And so in writing on this project, Terry, did you ever experience writer's block or a time where you just didn't want to write anymore? What did you do to push through? Yes. Um, there were times I got just discouraged. Sometimes I felt very alone working on this. Um, I did much of this translation, at least over a little over half of it, while I was pastoring a church. And so I had to fit this time in between pastoring. And, and so, uh, I would have these, you know, pressures on me of pastoring. I was supposed to be half time. Uh, but you know how that goes. How do you pastor half time? Uh, you only get half time pay is what happens. But, but I did find time, uh, and I, I would share it sometimes with our church. Um, when I, when I would feel a block or discouraged or just like, I, 
I don't know how I'm going to do all of this. I, I would take a break. I would go outside. I would breathe some fresh air. I'd take a walk. Um, sometimes I'd go watch a movie, get my mind off it. And I would try to watch an encouraging movie, you know, that had some good feelings in it. And, um, and maybe sometimes uh, I would watch something of people who face challenges and how they got through them. So, so there was so many different ways that Creator kept inspiring me to do this. And a lot of times by taking a break of a day or two and then coming back to it, I would come back fresh and ready, ready to do some things. Sometimes what helped was to read back uh, over what I had already written. And then uh, that would kind of inspire me to keep going, you know, and get, get, get the uh, creative juices flowing, so to speak. Terry, how is translating the Bible different from any other writings you may have done? Translating the Bible to me is a sacred task. I can't approach it like any other writing. I, I've written another book uh, that wasn't a translation of the Bible. And I felt when I had, when I could write myself, I, I had a lot more freedom to use wording that uh, on my own imagination. But with the scriptures, it's, there was two things that, that, that you kind of have to navigate when you're translating scripture. First of all, you, you have to, to hold the highest regard for scripture, the highest regard. But at the same time, you have to hold a high regard for culture. And you have to find how to balance those two things. Because if you only consider the literal words from the Greek and not culture, then you're probably not going to communicate within another culture the way you should. Or if you focus too much on culture, then you can lose the meaning of the scripture and you can lose, use, lose the message in there. So, so you, you, you navigate that road with those two things on your banks, sacred text and culture. And so that's why it's, it's very different. You have to work within boundary lines that have been set by the creator already. And those who, who were inspired to write these, uh, this sacred text. I, I want to give our listeners a, a flavor of that balance between the sacred text and, and culture. So this is from Matthew 6. This is the Lord's Prayer in the FNV. Uh, o great spirit, our father from above, we honor your name as sacred and holy. Bring your good road to us, where the beauty of your ways in the spirit world above is reflected in the earth below. Provide for us, day by day, the elk, the buffalo, and the salmon, the corn, the squash, and the wild rice, all the things we need for each day. Release us from the things we have done wrong, in the same way we release others for the things done wrong to us. Terry, give us a little bit of your thinking as you're translating uh, daily bread, obviously not literally salmon and buffalo and elk, but t talk us about how you made those choices. Well, one of the things uh, is that I think a good translation has to be what translators are calling a dynamic equivalent, more, a, more of a thought-for-thought thought translation than strictly a word-for-word -word translation. Um Native American stories were traditionally told in ways that are unique to the storyteller and meaningful to the listeners. 
drawing from history, tradition, and experience. A storyteller will ensure that the essence of the story is preserved without the need to present a strict word-for-word recital. So that's how we approached the text. And in the Daily Bread, so we had to say, for Jewish people in Jesus' day, what did bread represent? And then we had to say, for Native people in many of our different cultures, what did bread, what was our bread, our daily staple? What were the things that, what was the food, so to speak, that represented our, uh, more than just being food, but it represented in some way who we are as a people. And so uh, we chose uh, several different, six different uh, cultural and geographical uh, word, uh, types of food. The elk, the buffalo, the salmon. There, there, you've got three different tribes there. The corn, the squash, and the wild rice. Wild rice is in Ishinabe, Ojibwe. And the corn and the squash are the eastern tribes. So we have the western, we have the western tribes, we have the eastern tribes. And, it, and so we included all that in there so there would be a connection there. And now that you've finished the New Testament, everybody wants to know, what can you share with us about plans for the Old Testament? Every interview I've had asked me that question. Um, I'm praying about it. It really is a challenge. I think the Old Testament might be three times the length of the New Testament. Um, perhaps if I could dedicate more time to it. Um, but the, the challenges that we're looking at is, is, uh, is, are huge, but a lot of it has to do with time and, and, involvement of a lot of Native people. I would want to pull in more Native people and get more uh, reviewers and helpers involved in this translation, giving the feedback and such. So all I can say is we're praying about it. If we do this, we're going to need some special funding. So if uh, we, we kind of joke around at Native InterVarsity. They say, okay, why don't you fundraise by the book? Genesis will cost this much or this much and Ezekiel costs this much. And I mean, we kind of joke around about it that way. But the bottom line, you know, I, I heard someone say the gospel, the good story is free, right? Like water. Water's free, but the plumbing costs a lot of money. <laughs> and sometimes getting the gospel out there costs some money. So pray for us. Pray that I'll hear the voice of Creator if He wants us to do this this uh, Old Testament. Well, Terry, we've come to the end of our time together. But before we go, we want to give you a few moments to just even share with our listeners any other special projects you have going on or even just how people can reach you. Oh, sure. You can always uh, reach me by just uh, an email address, terry at firstnationsversion.com is my email address. You can go to our website, firstnationsversion.com. Well, I want to thank InterVarsity for helping us with our website, getting it as extra funding to create a new website that incorporates a better way to connect with people. But also, people can uh, just go there, get a, get a hold of us. And I always respond. Well, we have a Facebook page, First Nation Version Project on Facebook. That's it. You can always private message us there. 
Uh, we'll respond to it. And you can keep, uh, we also have Instagram, First Nation Inversion on Instagram. So there's many ways to, to connect with us, Twitter. Um, and so I, I, we welcome input. We welcome feedback. We want to, if we ever have to do a second version, if we keep track of all the feedback of where we might have made a mistake or might be able to say it better, we'll, we'll listen to that and keep track of that. We will link all of that in the show notes just so people know exactly where they can reach you. But Terry, it was so good to have you on the show today. And also, also fun to finally co-host with you. I'm sure we'll we'll have you back on the podcast soon, whether or not you'd like to. <laughs> um, but now I want to share with you all how you can find the First Nations version at ivypress.com. If you use the code EVN40, you can get 40% off and free U.S. shipping. So visit our site to get a great deal on this wonderful new version of God's Word. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Every Voice Now podcast, brought to you by IVP. Our producer is Helen Lee, and our sound engineer is Jonathan Clausen. If you are enjoying our show, please share about it with your friends. We'd be grateful for your reviews and recommendations on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you directly anytime. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Every Voice Now. Or you can email us with your comments, questions, or suggestions at evn at ivpress.com. And join us next time for another inspiring episode of Every Voice Now. <laughs>